It wouldn't be quite so obvious with the um, overalls if they hadn't come back in style. But these were the previous season of overalls being in style, and I just kept them. So they're baggier. Now all the young girls wear, you know, trim fitting and tighter. And anyway, but there's a reason for me wearing these <laughs> that you'll know later. So last, uh, no, no, about last week, maybe two weeks ago, um, we stopped on verse 13 of Philippians 3. No. Um, yeah, 3. Um, and the slide was up there earlier that Scott talked about. And Paul said, I forget what lies behind and I reach forward to what lies ahead. So that's where we left off. And there's a story that I've read on a blog that I follow. It's by Ann Voskamp about a runner. And I absolutely love the story. And so I was um, praying and looking through my journal about what to do today. And I came across that story. It's like, I have all these people I can share that story with because I love it so much. And it has to do with a runner. And then I didn't know about, you know, where we were because I did Sunday school last week. And so then when I talked to Scott, he said, well, that's right where we are in Philippians 3. So then I knew for sure that this was it um, because, um, you know, I was looking at different things in my journal and I wrote one, uh, no, that's not it. And so I just knew this was it because I get to share this story and it matches with where we are in Philippians. So um, I'm telling myself, and you can remind me, to go slow so I can go too fast and I just have my notes all written, and I have something to read that's on my phone. That's where the story is. I have lots of markers in my Bible, so I just, I'm going to try to go slow. So if I take pauses, I'm, just, I'm going slow so that I don't get mixed up in all of these things. All right, so ready. Here we go. All right, you have it up there on the board, and I'm going to read it in here. Philippians 3. It's just 14 through 17, so not very many verses for this time but it follows um, Paul saying forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead it doesn't say that in the message bible it's in other translations but I really like the that the wording for that one but this is the continuation in the message friends don't get me wrong by no means do I count myself an expert in all of this but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal, those of us who want everything God has for us. If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running this same course, headed for this same goal. Okay, you ready for the story? It's amazing. And it's written uh, by Ann Voskamp. And so it's the story that really, it really did happen. It's a true story. But it's in her words and the way that she writes, um, which really resonates with me. So here we go. The old Kahoot ran in his boots. Weren't too many of anybody who believed he could. How the old guy ran for 544 miles. His name was Cliff Young. He was 61 years old. He was a farmer. Mr. Young showed up for the race in his Oshkosh overalls and with his work boots on with galoshes over the top in case it rained. He had no Nike sponsorship. He had no wife. He hadn't had one ever. He lived with his mother. He never drank. He had never run in any kind of race before. He had never run a five-mile race, a half marathon, not even a marathon. But here he was standing in his work boots at the starting line of an ultra-marathon. 
the most grueling marathon in the world, a 544-mile marathon. The first thing Cliff did was take out his teeth. He said his false teeth rattled when he ran. said he grew up in a farm with sheep and no four-wheelers, no horses. So the only way to round up the sheep was on the run. Sometimes the best training for the really big things is just the everyday things. That's what Cliff said. Whenever the storms would roll in, I'd have to go run and round up the sheep. 2,000 head of sheep, 2,000 acres of land. Sometimes I'd have to run those sheep for two or three days. So I can run this race. It's only two more days, five days. I've run sheep for three. Do you have any backers? The reporters asked. No. And Oak Cliff just slipped his hands in his overall pockets. Well, then you can't run. He just looked down at his boots. Does man need backers or does a man need to believe? The other runners, all under a buffed 30 years of age, they take off like punked shots from that starting line and scruffy old Cliff staggers forward. He doesn't run. This is a picture of, of Cliff. He shuffles more like it. His back is straight. His arms are dangling. His feet are awkwardly shuffling along. For 18 hours, the racers blow down the road, far down the road, and Cliff shuffles on behind. Come the pitch black of night, the runners in their $400 ergonomic Nikes and Adidas lay down by the roadside because that's the plan to win an ultra marathon is to run 544 straight miles, 18 hours of running, six hours of sleeping, rinse and repeat for five days, six days, seven days. The dark falls in, the runners sleep, the cameras get turned off, and the reporters go to bed. And through the black night, one 61-year-old man far behind keeps shuffling on. This is a little long, so bear with me, and I have to scroll for a ways before I get to the next part because she gives a lot of lessons in there. Cliff Young was on the run through the dark because he didn't know you were supposed to stop. The accepted way professional runners approached this race was to run 18 hours and then sleep for six, for seven days straight. But he didn't know that. He didn't know the accepted way. He only knew what he did regularly back at home. The way he had always done it, you run through the dark. Turns out, when Cliff Young said he gathered sheep around his farm for three days, he meant he had run across 2,000 acres of farmland for three days straight without stopping or sleeping, without the dark stopping him. You gathered sheep by running through the dark. So, along the endless stretches of highway, a tiny shadow of an old man shuffled, not really old, just older, shuffled along. <laughs> 61 not that old. <laughs> But in relation to young uh, runners that are really um, trained a lot and are in really, really good shape uh, in a different way than how he got really in good shape, um, he shuffled along one foot after another through the heat, through the night, and he gained ground because he didn't lose ground to the dark. He gained ground because he ran through the dark. And somewhere at the outset, outset of the night, Cliff Young and his overalls shuffled past all the toned runners half his age. And by the morning light, teethless Cliff Young was a tiny shadow far, far ahead of the professional athletes. For five days and 15 hours and four minutes, he ran and he never stopped until the old sheep farmer crossed the finish line first. 
he crossed the finish line first and he beat a world record by two whole days. <laughs> amazing, amazing. The second place runner crossed the finish line nine hours after Cliff. It's really true, it's really true. And when they handed him his $10,000 prize, he said, I didn't know there was a prize. <laughs> and he said all the other runners had worked hard too. So he waited at the finish line and he handed each of the runners an equal share of the $10,000 and he went home. Oh my goodness. See why I wanted to share this story. When the reporters asked him afterwards what had kept him running through the nights, he had said, I imagined I was out running a storm to gather up my sheep. He was an Australian potato farmer and he ran the um, Sydney to Melbourne Ultra Marathon in 1983. So, a true story that is like incredible and to me uh, almost like I could just sit down. This is a picture of running the race and forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what is ahead and you don't have to have all the right gear and know all the right things and just all the things that he didn't have and didn't do. And he won, like way far, because his training was what his normal life was, was. But he had grown up on a sheep farm. So he didn't go to the gym, he didn't go do the running and all the stuff. I thought even this morning, it's like, oh, I should put my, my exercise stuff on. I don't run, but try to exercise. It's like, oh, no, that's the opposite. I need the overalls because you don't have to have all the right gear. So you'll have to love that story as much as me. I hope it was just, it is so great because it's true. I just was so amazed. Um, of course, I hope you can see how it really vividly illustrates this passage in Philippians. And then there's a couple of other places I want to go also that talks about running this race, um, which to me is a lifetime of following Jesus. That's what the race is, is following him through all of life. And the um, goal at the end is we see Jesus and hopefully he can tell us, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. And not only the joy of him, but everyone that's gone before us and our loved ones. And we'll get to all be together forever with him. It's just incredible. So Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Um, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. In chapter 11, the whole chapter is a, all that have gone before us and all that they went through and how they had faith through just incredible things, either supernaturally wonderful or just incredibly horrible and terrible. And they kept going. And they're our witnesses cheering us on, even though we can't see them. It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. He never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way cross, shame, whatever, and now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Um, I would encourage you to read chapter 11 in Hebrews and slowly, maybe out loud, that helps me for it to penetrate and not, not just quickly about all the things all those men and women behind us um, went through and they didn't get to see the, the promise fulfilled we have 
we have the whole New Testament of Jesus. So uh, to let that encourage us, it's really amazing. Um, another one is 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 26. You've all been to the stadium and you've seen the athletes race. Everyone runs, one wins. Run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that's gold eternally. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. So, what's required of us? What do we need to do to run this race? There's tons of things in here, but these are the things that I have seen. First one um, from last week or the week before is forgetting what lies behind the past. And that's so hard to do, isn't it? It's just really hard to do. Just images pop in my head all the time of things from the past. It's like, ah, you know, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. It's just like a constant. Um, and even things that are forgiven and restored and healed, like, you know, the scar is there but doesn't hurt anymore. Um, it comes up, and it's just part of it. But we go on, on through that, and we've got God's word to help us, and um, we can keep going. But we've got to keep coming to Jesus to leave that behind and reach forward to what's ahead. Some of us, many of us, need to get more help. We need to have a counselor to help us work through those things in the past. The more and more people I come across and am with, and especially in my job at River City Advocacy, there's deep, deep, broken, terrible things that have been done to people. And so um, too many times, I think I could go off on a rabbit trail, people just, you know, pray for you and read more Bible verses, and it doesn't ever touch that real deep wound in there. So we need professional counselors. We need each other. Um, we need some more help um, for deeper, tougher things. Um, so if we need help, let's not be afraid to, to go get that. Um, I really love this. Paul said, by no means do I count myself an expert. Well, there's no expertise needed. Um, in these races, um, you know, you, uh, Cliff in the story, he did, you know, he ran, what, two, three days um, in rounding up the sheep before a storm. So he did train. It just wasn't the training that you and I might do in exercise. Um, and so we do need to do something. We don't just sit back um, and go unprepared. But we don't have to be an expert. And too many times we compare ourselves to others. I know I do, and I'm tempted to do that. And um, I can't measure up. I don't know if men do this, this as much as women. Probably so. But I know women are really, really get caught in the comparison. And I'm not good enough. Um, I'm not pretty enough. I don't do all the things with my children that you do. And so many things. So we really need to get rid of that comparison. And again, that's a daily, forever thing that we have to, to fight against in my opinion. Um, so anyway, Oak Cliff, he uh, wore overalls and work boots. He had no sponsor. He had not officially trained. He never ran an official race. He didn't know or follow the accepted way that runners ran, and he didn't know there was a monetary prize. Um, one of the things later that it said is he ran for the sheer wonder of running. I just really love that. And so following Jesus, um, I want more and more to be for me is running, following him for the wonder of it. Um, there's enough hard and difficult and sorrowful things, but there is just amazing wonder in following him. And if that's not your experience, I would love to pray with you, to have someone, others pray, 
that that would be something that you and all of us could discover is the wonder of following him, even in um, incredible difficulties, because we've experienced those too. So can we run this race of following Jesus for the wonder of it and not um, have all the right gear and all the expertise? Because Paul says, I don't have all that. I've got my eyes on the goal. Let's stay focused on the goal were um, two things that Paul said. So we have to have a goal and stay focused on it. And I think a lot of times we, we get unfocused. There's so many things to take our eyes off of that goal. Stay focused. If our vision gets blurred, God will clear it for us. These are all things from all these verses that I read. The passages um, in Hebrews and Philippians and 1 Corinthians are just all things that I uh, gathered from these of how to do this. Stay on the right track. Stick with those running the same course headed for the same goal. It isn't a solo run for us. I think this is really, really important. He says, keep track of those running the same course. There's a lot of us. We've got to do it together because we can't do it alone. And uh, he made us for each other, not to do things all on our own. Notice and be aware of the veterans of the faith that are cheering us on. Go back and read Hebrews 11, 12, and remember them. There, we can't see them, just like we can't see, we can't see Jesus. We can't see the angels. You know, he talks about the spiritual forces of darkness and the battle in the heavenlies. There's a whole world we can't see. And so, but to remember and say, I just have tried to think about uh, being in a stadium running. Kate used to run, and I would cry when she came around the bend. And I, maybe Scott has said this before. There's just this thrill. Um, Adam, when he made a soccer goal, I would cry. It just was, you know... Um, Megan produced uh, the yearbook, and I'd read the yearbook, I'd cry. Because it's like they're living out of who they are and how God has made them in something really good. And it just, Megan cried one time when Kate ran around the bed. And she said, what am I, I'm crying too, why am I crying? It's like, it's just this wonderful thing. And I, you know, perhaps Jesus is doing that. And all those witnesses for us, we're coming around the bed. Maybe we fell down and we're coming around. And they're cheering us on and he, he could be crying because... She's making it. He's making it. I just love that picture. I see a lot of images. I see instead of here. So um, I love the pictures. Anyway, um, let's remember all those that we can't see but that are cheering us on. Um, Get on with it, he says. Strip down, get rid of anything that hinders us, and get on with it. Um, I can just sit in my house and read a book or watch a movie, and I don't want to go back out there. And we can't spend too much time, a little bit, doing that, but we've got to get back out there. Run with endurance. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Keep our eyes on him. When I wrote this down, I thought of Peter walking on the water, and he was so excited, and he's going, and when his eyes are off of Jesus, he starts to sink, and he's terrified, and he had to go back in the boat. What if he got to keep going? could have gone across on the other side and kept walking. And, but it's so easy for us to get our eyes off of him, and we've got, they've got to stay there. Then study Jesus. See how he ran his race. Keep sight of where where we're headed. When we're getting weak and stumbling, we're flagging in our faith, go over the story Jesus lived again and again so we won't grow weary and lose heart or faint in our souls, as another version says. Read a gospel story again. Read about Jesus again and again. We just forget so easily. Run hard for the finish line. Give it all we've got. Run to win. And I think our friend Cliff would say he's passed on now. Uh, keep running through the dark. You may have noticed a lot in that story was about running through the dark. 
And we have a light with us, so we're never totally in the dark. But I know in my life, and I know in yours, um, because it's true of all of us, there are the times of darkness that we have to keep going. And, but we've got to keep running through the dark. And there's a light at the end, and there's a light in us, and we can gather each other around us, and we have a lot of light. So some of us are really in our stride, and we're running pretty strong, and we're pretty focused, and we feel pretty good about that. Um, maybe not, you know, totally, fully. I don't know who would feel that way. I guess there are some. But we might feel a little more so than others. But there are those of us that are struggling, and we're faltering um, a lot, or maybe just a little tiny bit. In all these different areas, there can be one, two, many. We can feel like we're in the dark. Um, we lost our focus. We can't really see where we're going. Um, or we're looking behind us, or we've even turned and started going back there. We've gotten off the track. Um, one time with one of our um, children, I even, God gave me a picture of way back in middle school, high school days. They, it was down a hallway, and they went, they went down the wrong way. And they went the wrong way for a while, and they were off on another path. But they came back, and Jesus showed me they're going to come back. But they went off that path for a while. And um, getting back on the track is even greater than what it was before when they went off that track. I can say that now. Um, we can, so we can be off the track. Or uh, it's looking better over there. Let me go that way. Um, discouraged. We can be weary and tired. Um, our vision blurry. We've lost sight of where we're headed. We're flagging in our faith. We might be ready to give up completely. Uh, questioning. We might have come to a stop. Um, and we can't find those that are running this same course. Where are they? Or I, I, don't, I can't tell them about this problem that I'm having. And we need them to stick with us, but how do we do that? So I would really like for us to do what God's word says. I love his word. I couldn't live without it. Um, because I know it's true. And so when anything happens, anything is questioned, um, I go there and read it again because it's true. And my hope. And so in First Thessalonians 5.14, it says, Encourage the faint-hearted and help the weak. And then in Romans 15, 1 through 3, I'm going to read that. And there's lots of lessons from, from all this. There's so many. Um, but this is just what came to me is is helping those that are having a little bit of a hard time or a, or a big, huge hard time. Um, 15, 1 through 3 in Romans says, Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what is most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's troubles. He waded right in and he helped out. He said, I took on the troubles of the troubled. So we need to take on the troubles of the troubled. So, are you ready to do this with me? To help each other? I read in another um, devotion that I follow, and I, I don't know exactly... Who said it? But God has something better for us than the barriers that hold us back. So if you think of any kind of barrier that's holding you back, my biggest barrier is fear. And that's it, fear. Um, anything that can hold us back from where we want to go. 
Um, I wanted to be able to put this verse in here. I could never find any place, and now I get to because here's a place it can go. It's Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Some of you will be familiar with this. And it mentions God. All the others, you know, Paul is talking, but God is mentioned in this, and so I really like it. It's uh, Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He's creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out. He doesn't pause or catch his breath. He knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired. He gives fresh strength to dropouts. For young people who tire and drop out, young, be- young folk in their prime stumble and they fall. But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. So I would ask, I'd like to ask um, for those of you that feel stronger um, going on this race to pray for those that feel a little weaker or any of these things that you might feel, anything connected. Um, Probably for the last almost year, I would, would have been the one that needed someone to pray for me and to help me as I've gone through the journey with my mom with Alzheimer's, um, I, I, would have, I couldn't have done much for anyone. Um, now, I'm happy to say with God's help, um, I can pray from being in a strong place. Um, so I think it probably would be best to just get together in threes or fours. I know it's risky either way, whether to have people come to the front and uh, come up to pray or get to, it's all risky and it's scary and it's like, ah, I don't know about that, especially if you're new and haven't been here. But I learned how to do it. You can learn how to do it too. And um, my suggestion, what I, is is go immediately, talk immediately. If you wait, you won't do anything. So I learned that personally for me. Just I just sat in my chair and I wanted to go so bad and it took me months and months before I ever did. So now... I just, I know, usually your heart beats kind of fast. Just go right away and just say it right away (laughs) and go over all those things in your mind. So is that something you would be okay to do to help each other in the race? We're all in it together. And it's like, it's two things. It's there's there's a runner that wins, but at the same time, it's not all about just us. It's all of us. And really, we all win as we go together. So let me pray, and we'll do that. Father, thank you that you are with us on this race, and you have given us so many people gathered around us, even though we can't see them, uh, just like we can't see you, that are cheering us on. Thank you that when we falter, and we can falter really, really badly, that you pick us up and you cheer us on. There's nothing that that, that, uh, puts us out of the race. We're always in it. Thank you that you are the one that is our goal, and help us, Lord. We need your help to focus on you and to forget what lies behind, to reach forward what's ahead, to help each other along the way, to stay on track, to endure. Um, Lord, help us. We need you, and you've given us your Holy Spirit to empower us. So even empower us now to visit with each other and to share a little bit and pray for each other as we go on this race together. In your name, amen.